ready when you are, man. I'm on, I'm on your time. It's Big Will from the Heavy Hole Podcast, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, I'd like to add. I don't always say that anymore, man. It's, it's a shout to Buckshot Face, if my favorite. Big, Sal, <laughs> Big Sal's band. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, Big Sal's brainchild out there. We're all just, we're all just his... his uh, He's the puppet master, man. But another another puppet in the Buckshot facelift um, um, game of mystery that we play in this life is Terrell Granham. How you doing, Terrell, my, my co-host Ooh. tonight? Thank you for having me, Will. Thank you. No, th- thank you for um, uh, being my navigator, my co-pilot on this uh, journey we're about to take on the Heavy Hole podcast this evening. Um, as I said, stay in New York uh, for the for the holidays, I'm having all all my family, all my all my bandmates, and all my friends around for for the holiday season. Here, we're keeping it straight in New York before we take 2023 out to the international guests again and beyond. Uh, but before I get ahead of myself, Terrell, how you been, man? I've been good, man. Speaking of 2023, good riddance to this year, man. I'm ready for a new chapter. I know it's an arbitrary date, but I'm sure everybody else is as well. Yeah, yeah. Now nowadays, everybody's looking on, looking forward to pushing it forward, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Le- leaving it, of course, can't leave it, <laughs> leave it behind fast enough nowadays, man. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for. We got some plans behind the scenes for our band. Uh, we're gonna be plugging it um all throughout this episode, but you can still catch December seventeenth out here on Long Island at Rams Pub in Holbrook. Uh, pyrexia, malignancy, reeking aura, and human devourment, bowel erosion. Ooh, um, yeah, I mean it's. Sucked. Yeah, come on, man. We'll, we'll be uh, uh, enough though, because um, a couple other things I wanted to get off my chest here before we get all crazy with that. There, um, there's a new Shoprite. Shoprite. Are you familiar with Shoprite, Terrell? You're I'm, a- I'm right down the block from one of the biggest Shoprites in the area. Yeah, whoa! I didn't ask They're you to, taking over. I didn't ask you to I flex mean- on me here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't ask for all. Didn't ask you for all that. I just I, I go to the right of shopping from time to time. I know you're a very worldly, college-educated man, so I just was asking if you were familiar with the Shoprite brand. But that was the um, that was the buzz here in Huntington Station today. The new, <laughs> the new Shoprite opened up, so you couldn't drive anywhere. It was like it was kind of like the St. Patrick's Day parade in in the city. It was just, it was wild, man. People were getting people were getting into fights. <laughs> it Damn, it's yeah. crazy. Yo, don't sleep on Bowling Basket. That's their generic brand. Shout out to all those people trying to save some money. Go to Shoprite, hit a bowling basket. It's just as good. This is why I knew you were the man to bring in for this episode right here, man. I appreciate that insight. Uh, I will have to look for that because that might be my new place of choice here, man. King Cullen is too expensive. Sorry, allegedly. Down with the down with the king. Yeah, I'm not trying to get all the king's horses and all the king's men suing me, but um, <laughs> yeah, allegedly a little bit too pricey out here, man. So the new shop right is open in Huntington Station. Everyone's gonna go to sleep nice tonight uh, until the shots ring off. Um, I saw Cody and Dave from Afterbirth this morning. I passed off the merch to them. That means it's on. You can go to the Afterbirth uh, band camp where they got the merch. We got t- We got brand new T-shirts. We got some of the same old T-shirts you've probably seen before. Um, check all that stuff out. Hats. They got they got baseball caps. They got, like not the not snapback flat brims, Terrell. But oh, no, damn like, it. Like, like baseball caps, like for guys of a certain age from the 90s would wear. It's. I think it's appropriate. I, I got you. Yeah, it's appropriate. Fitted? You speaking my language? New yeah. era? Yeah. No. 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 Still See, got the sticker on it? Uh, no. no right. This is like you know. This is like for your Genco jeans generation. All right. I mean, the okay, next okay. the next thing might have to be a visor. But we got also nice um, knit caps for the winter after birth. Uh, nice. I, I think it's a royal green. I don't know what you would call it. It's a nice green. 
uh, color there. But check out check out after Cody's got all the merch now. He does all the mail order stuff, man. Big shout to Cody and the Afterbirth guys. Um, uh, speaking of merch, also after December seventeenth, all the Reeking Aura merch is going back to Rick, and he's he's probably gonna put it on a crazy little sale. I know him, man. If you, if you check Reeking Aura out and check <laughs> our merch out. Um, a few days after this December seventeenth show, we're gonna have all that. All that merch is gonna be on sale too for Reeking Aura and for Afterbirth. We're having holiday sales like like crazy. Something else that was on sale though, um, Terrell. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Oh. I, I don't think I've had you on since we were on our little tour with Reeking Aura, have I? No, I don't think so. That was right before we left. Have you got a chance to listen to that record that you and I almost ended our friendship over in that? Mag- oh. in Mag- I got to shout out Magnolia Records, <laughs> Magnolia Records in uh, Tennessee there. Yes. And, and now that record has new significance after that moment in uh, Knoxville or, or whatever at the time. Yeah, but yes, I have. It's such a beautiful record. Magnolia Records in Knoxville, Tennessee. They were kind enough. I paid a, a very humble little extra charge, and they shipped everything right to me because I didn't trust any of you heathens in the tour van not to just step on it and say, ha-ha, Will. Ha-ha, Will. <laughs> Will's always running everything. Will wants to say, have his way. I'm going to step on his records. So I had him, I had him shipped. But I was able to find, uh, we're talking about Morbid Angel's Heretic album that Terrell and I got in a very... We got in a, a very hot debate over over who should go home with that record. Terrell. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, let's clear the air. <laughs> Everybody saw that record. I went up to it and picked it up without hesitation. I'm just saying. Okay. And okay. in the van, I was playing some Heretic deep cuts, live deep cuts. You know what I'm saying? So I thought I was setting up. You know, I knew the record was there, but I pretended like I didn't know. But I was slowly setting it up in the van for the conflict. I feel like there's like a love interest, like a love triangle that's breaking up reeking aura and it's and it all involves Morbid Angel's heretic album. But <laughs> you're right, you rightfully went home with it. You you were the vinyl uh vinyl sniper that day oh. and you got it, man. You you did. You I'll, I'll give it up to you, man. Everyone everyone had a had a chance. But shout to State of Mind Records from right here in Huntington. Not a record store, mail order distro. They're having a crazy sale right now. Old friend of mine, trustworthy guy, State of Mind uh records and distribution from Huntington. A lot of punk rock and hardcore, but also tons of metal i was able to score that morbid angel heretic and some other stuff off of him the other day at a great price man a really great album heretic man i i mean now now that we now all kidding aside now that we cleared the air on all that um beautiful album the production i've I've heard people say they don't like the production i thought it was like the clarity was great yeah exactly i I do really appreciate the the fuzziness and the mid heavy presence of the the album you can hear every guitar note and it has a complete vibe. Like I, I'm ready to to debate anybody that like hates this album because it's it's well worth the time listening to. There's some quirks and a lot of weird uh, instrumental tracks, but it's it's phenomenal. All right. Well, listen, man. You might want to be careful what you say right now. You're re- being ready to debate, ready to battle, ready to throw down, oh. and all that. Because our 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 guest tonight's a little fiery, man. All right. He's ready to go. Uh, I had the pleasure of sitting down with none other than long. Um, I think probably the, the the world heavy hole podcast champion of repeating <laughs> of being a repeat guest on the program. No one has been on the heavy hole podcast as a guest more than Chris Basile of Pyrexia, um, the OG. Uh, I was able to catch up with him. We're gonna we we talked about a whole lot of stuff. He was speaking about all the right elements and the clarity. Man, he w- he was talking about um, 
making, uh, taking oils and tinctures and milligrams. I don't know what this guy was talking about, man. I he, allegedly, yeah. The, he's got a he's got an easy bake oven in the studio. They're allegedly making edible. I don't know what is going on, man. But Chris is gonna break it all down, and we're gonna hype that December seventeenth show a little bit too. went off dude you just i'm sorry man i'm sorry that we didn't catch all of that yeah, that's all right jeez well like well catch me up edit out whatever was in the beginning i'm yeah i'm slow dude because you were you were spitting some real mathematics there for me catch chris basile from pyrexia in the house by the way for the listeners um heavy hole podcast chris catch me and the listeners up to speed because <laughs> you lost me on a lot of that what are we doing here all right yeah i just got this new uh it's almost like the magic butter machine, if anybody knows. It's called the Ang Rock, right? It's how you make confused oils and butters and everything like that. Mm. So oh, something's ready right now. Jesus so I just made my first batch. I made some tincture the other day that, like I told you two seconds ago, I basically roofied myself. It was way too powerful. Mm -hmm. So now I got the math down, hopefully, where supposedly for every gram of uh, botanical product you use, it's a th it's a, like a 1,000 milligrams. So I used a half ounce of product so that should be 14,000 milligrams into one cup of oil so i used like half a cup of oil for this brownie batch that i just made right here so like i said i think there's about 1500 milligrams in each ball we're going to cut it into six six little uh pieces right now and the last time when i was on the california podcast i was drinking too much i don't want to drink with you we're going to go the opposite direction <laughs> I I don't know you to be a big drinker, you you know. I'm not, but that's that's yeah. it beforehand, you know. It came out pretty. I, I like the texture. It smells like a brownie. And what I do, what I did, like I don't want the flavor in the food. So there's like two ways you can make it. Where uh, if you put it in for a little longer, a little bit higher heat, you keep the potency, and it's supposed it won't taste as much. Like it. I want to taste brownies. I don't want to taste, the, you know, something else. So I'm going to try to do six even slices. Yeah, you don't want to taste the botanical product. No, I don't. Some people do. Yeah. We're in for the listeners. Let me paint the picture. You're in the uh, the the Pyrexia home base, the un, the hidden underground layer, allegedly uh, rumored <laughs> to be in East Long Island, New York. This is a laboratory of many sorts down here. Uh, well, everything involves a good time. Everything involves happiness, food, uh, yeah. with a death metal undertow. Yeah, I I watched. Now we caught the listeners might realize the longtime listeners know that you are the uh, you're still the reigning champ, the most uh, populous guest. You've been here the most times. I um, want to keep that up. Thank you. Yeah, welcome back. Proud. You, you, you're overwhelming me right now because I thought this was going to be a regular interview. Then the alarm starts going off. You had the the, the special jingle for the for the uh, the botanical product infused brownies that you're cooking, and literally in the studio, you're literally cooking up something in the lab. Oh, we this have a kitchen great. down here. Yeah. So yeah, it makes it 
we, we could do all kinds of stuff. This guy's cutting up brownies on the mixing board. Now, you just broke down some crazy science for us, man. Let, let me slow it down a notch uh, uh, for the listeners. Chris Basile of Pyrexia, um, if you're interested in the history of Pyrexia, New York death metal, their latest album, for instance, we've done lots of interviews. Chris has been on the podcast a lot over the years. In particular, we're going to be talking about December the 17th at Rams American Pub in Holbrook, Pyrexia, Reeking Aura, Malignancy, um, uh, Inhuman Devourment, and uh, Bowel Erosion, um, great death metal event going on. Uh, it's Kennedy's birthday too. It's a Kennedy birthday bash. It's a holiday bash. Uh, we got to give Kennedy a night that he won't remember. Ex- so you know, yeah. everybody come out. It's going to be like I said, a party, Christmas party, holiday party, friends. Uh, definitely a sick death metal show, but like a closeout Long Island hug for the year. You know, a hundred percent. Rams is always a good time, man. It's uh, you know, par- parking's not a problem. Hanging out's not a problem, man. Everybody's cool. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's a nice time, man, for everybody. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, a malignancy in particular, man. It's been a while since I've seen them in East Long Island. I'm glad they're coming back to our neck of the woods. Yeah, no, I'm so blessed. We did a bunch of shows with them this year, and uh, I love teaming up with them. You did a bunch of shows in general. This has been a strong year for you guys. You I, like you. Everywhere I look, I feel like you guys. I feel like you guys just did a world tour or something. Like you guys, we did. We did cross the country back and forth uh, without going out for a straight 40, 50 days. We were doing like a week every other week for yeah. like, like the past four, four or five months. You know, through the summer and uh, even before that. Well, that that's how we kind of did it this year. Like a week every other week. So we did like the West Coast for a week. We did Texas for a week. We did the Midwest for a week. We did the East Coast for a week. Uh, even like this coming up with the 17th, we're doing Jersey uh, and Dingbats on the 15th with Malignancy and uh, a bunch of sick local Jersey bands. Uh, then we're going to come and play that huge, huge uh, toy drive that Black and Blues put together up in Albany uh, with Brick by Brick yeah, and uh, All yeah. Out War and Dysentery. Uh, that's going to be on Friday the 16th. That's a huge show. Empire Live, Mike always, he's been crushing it with huge shows out there. Really thankful that we're going to be on that. Agnostic Front's playing the day after. That's like a two-day festival. And Agnostic Front is one of my favorite bands. I was playing uh, the day after. But that's the 17th, and that's when we're going to come and do the show with you guys, Reeking Art and Malignancy. So there's like a three-day clip right there where we hit Jersey, uh, Albany, and then any island, you know? Smart, man. And you're also, aren't you also doing something in, uh, in Brooklyn? <clears throat> Am I, did I get that wrong? No, no, we got oh, we did okay. something recently in Brooklyn, but not not right now. Oh, I got that crossed. Yeah, you guys were were recent. Okay, so um, let's do like we got you. It's almost the end. Of, you still, you guys are gonna squeeze in a few before the end of the year, like you just said. Speaking of uh, 2023, man, as you guys move forward, what about a new album? Are you writing? Are you still just going for that big live push and you, and you want to get more shit out there live before you record anything new? Like, what's the story with that? Well. What we just finished, I can't even explain. Uh, huh. We just re- re-recorded. I mean, I mean, remaster, re-remix, re-recorded "System of the Animal" with uh, our drummer John and huh. with Beach singing. And uh, we just sent it out to Portugal for the re- for the master and the mix, which is where we got gravitas done. And I'm literally wait. I'm checked right now. Check my mailbox. I'm like waiting any second for it to get here, Who's- like with pins and needles. What's the guy's name? I don't want to get it wrong. The, the guy who... Uh, the, Miguel Teresso. 
Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah, the other uh, guy who does that. I remember you were oh, really. Gee, I call him Jesus. Yeah, you were real excited about this guy when you first got got in touch with him. I remember that, man. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. So you re-recorded with Speaking of Beats before, man, and your new drummer. I, we. I guess you kind of just introduced your new drummer when we did our last interview together, probably because it was when the latest album dropped. Man, he's had a little bit of time on the road with you now. Yeah. Yeah. Now again, uh, huge. The road is the most insane bonding experience that's why families in the old days used to go into winnebago and they go across the country your family got like this it's the same thing you experience the guest i, I want to do it with my family because you just got to go experience the hotel and the gas station and having to go to the bathroom and eating in this place and laughing at that waiter and all that stuff happens and the the, the seal is tight you know what i'm saying so that happened with john where uh we're just a blessed there's a lot of kumbaya you know what i'm saying a lot of a lot of hugs and kisses over here. Wow, man, that's 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 good to hear that everything worked out, man. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys live December seventeenth, man. As yeah. uh, as a unit, we're gonna have fun. So, so wow, I'm trying to rest. So, is that gonna is that coming out? A unique leader? Too soon to tell. No, no, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try something that the uh, like m more like kind of like the hip hop community's doing is uh, NFT. Uh, Doing, my, doing things myself at first and seeing what happens because mm -hmm. the cost level, I have my own studio. I recorded it already. It's getting sent out to the same place we sent Gravitas. Uh, no, I don't have the distribution, obviously, but it doesn't cost a lot of money to make 1,000 CDs. It doesn't cost a lot of money to make 5,000 CDs. If I sell 5,000 CDs, I'm way ahead of anything I would ever do with any label. So I'm going to try to do that first uh, with us constantly touring. I'm going to bring a suitcase of CDs. You're going to be able to get them for me. I'll sell them wholesale to some people, but I'll put in a real nice collector's uh, product out. And uh, we got, we're going to film two videos with the same guy. We shot the last years. I'm following the same pattern. I followed Gravitas. Just, I won't have the distribution and I got to lay all the money out myself, but I'm going to try to do this. I just got the rights back to sermon of mockery myself too. So I'm going to try to put these things out myself because we do play enough shows where I'm, you know, I, I don't see unless a label wants to offer me something tremendous, which they're not. Uh, I don't see the need at this point uh, to find that middleman. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I might I might fail with this. I might release this and nobody buys it. And I'm, you know, but I don't really. Like I said, I don't see that happen because we go to shows, I sell them out of the box at the show. The same thing will happen with the system. So if the product's good and, you know, the sound, again, you got Spotify, everything, all that's all going to be on that. So if you want to hear it, it's just going to be, I put it out instead of a label giving me, a, you know, not a huge amount of money. And then I never seen anything again, you know. Okay, you said a lot right there. I hope a lot of the younger listeners and aspiring artists are listening. Taking notes. I don't think it's going to work for the young or inspiring. I got to be honest. <laughs> no, not it's not. Uh, I'm not uh, saying right. young. because well, because you, you got all the years in the game and underneath yeah. your name and your and 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 your brand where you could push those five thousand easily at shows. I I get I get it. You you have more. There's a lot more at stake with with your brand. Five thousand is this much, real? That's, that's nothing. You're nothing. You know, sell, but to sell five thousand on your own. That's that's a piece of penny, you know what I'm saying? To keep you guys on the road for a minute. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so 
I still think there's some words of wisdom there, man, because you remind me a lot of when in the 90s, a lot of the rappers from the South started started doing their own thing and doing their own label and finding their own independent distribution and, and coming up making a lot of money, you know, like the masterpiece of the world and, and all that. Um there's there's definitely something to be said for there for that and some knowledge at least in the in the way bands uh, look at labels. Shout out to all the all the labels out there that that do great business with bands. Um, of course, I love you know, uniquely do great things for us. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I love yeah, yeah, being with yeah. them. I'm not, I'm not saying I won't do more with them, but for like sermon, I wound up doing that with Central Media. I mean, with the system thing, I'm not saying even with new material, I'm not going with the label. I'm saying with system. Yeah, I'm gonna try to put this out myself in the middle of doing everything else and see what, what occurs. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then for, <clears throat> let's break it down a little bit smaller than for, for the, the, the younger bands and the aspiring artists. Like then, the, the, cause something that occurred to me recently is investing into your band and what you put, what you put into it is what you get out of it. That, that's that sort of thing, man. You know, like, um, uh, getting, getting, you know, buying merch, you know, putting in time at the merch table, making yourself look professional, things like that, man. Well, like what are, if you were starting with, with, with your knowledge and, and your game that you have today, if you, if you were starting from scratch and trying to put a new band on the street, what are some things you would do? Like merch wise, would- trying to get a show, try, where do you, where do I get t-shirts made? What do you know? That sort of thing, you know? T-shirts is always going to be easy to find. You know, it depends. I like to look for good value as well as a good product. You know, eventually you might get a couple of bum deals where you buy, you buy some stuff that was either too expensive or made a job. You know, you'll find a spot with that, whatever. I would say the biggest thing, which is the hardest thing, which is with the failure, I'll say it to everybody over and over, and we'll, you will fail because of it. Uh, and I'll tell, give you many examples of success if you stick to this. If you don't stay on the road constantly, I know nobody wants to hear this. Nothing will happen with your band. Nothing. That's my opinion. And I've done it. I've watched Pyrexia do nothing and watch nothing happen. And then think like, let me just do a couple of months of shows. And all of a sudden things are 10 times what they were before I did that three months of shows. And then when you do a year or something, I mean, blessed again, we're we're booked. Our flights are booked for seeing stream next year. That's like, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with that. That's because... They know I'm on the road. I'm going to be on the road. You commit to be on the road a year from now. We're going to be on the, which is in, I probably shouldn't even said that, which is in April, because I don't think they announced bands yet, but you got to commit to things a year in advance and say, yes, I'll be there. And that's when, then they know you're in that column. You will be asked and you will be, it'll grow and grow. Your fan base is going to constantly grow. If I could show you my Spotify numbers and my YouTube views, while I'm on and my uh, Instagram likes and followers while I'm on tour, as opposed to I'm not on tour, it's 10 times different. My because mm-hmm. you can look at your actual listeners on Spotify, like present listeners, all right? It'll show you if there's 20 or if there's two. And when we're on the road, it's really like 10 times more than if we're not. And that goes with everything. So I give that's I say is the number one thing, and that's the, the number one thing that is the hardest thing. Because there's always one or two members in the band or more that have a job or commitments because we all know there's no money in this unless you're going to. It's insane. You, you know, it's insane as far as you can't do it for money. You have to do it for a lifestyle. That's number two. Don't do it for money. Do it for a lifestyle. You can make a lifestyle out of death mode. You can't make a financial career unless you're in the top 20. You know what I'm saying? 
but you can definitely make a lifestyle of touring and putting out albums and always being on the road and always having, you know, money in your pocket and stuff like that. But don't look to, uh, organically, you might do extremely well, but don't look to like get into this. Like I have to make this a career where I have to make sure I can feed my family. And if you're coming into it like that, forget it, forget it. So many people say that, like, like, you know, the career is why they leave. So get that straight right away. You know, most people think they're going to do, they give themselves a time limit too. I can remember DeVito, I remember a conversation with DeVito saying, when I was 30, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he would probably push it to 40 something. He obviously did throw in the towel, but there was a time like, you know, cause back then, especially the pressure was to make money, especially from our families and everything. Uh, if you didn't do it, you were a loser back then or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So everybody tried to do something and make a hustle. And, you know, that just, that's not, that's not the approach for the past 15 years. I've looked at it as, as long as it maintains my lifestyle of I'll always be able to be able to play a festival and a tour and people want to listen to the music I write. That's what I'm shooting for. Not financial gain. Uh, even when I do the system thing, we just bought a bus. All right. John found uh, a real good deal with a friend and a family. And, you know, we're trying to keep things where we can stay on the road. Because like I said, there's not a lot of money. And if I do this system thing, it's just going to facilitate us for a bigger show, a better show, good, a trailer, you know, make the bus better. It's never going to be to like, you know, put money in my pocket or pay my, you know, whatever you want to say. You know, it's just, uh, you got, you can't, I worked 20 years. You already know this well and killed myself, you know, to keep money. And I took all that money and spent it on Pyrexia. Didn't get money from Pyrexia, you know, so. You gotta you gotta do this out of a passion. And again, maybe a madness too, you know, but I love it. I love it for so many different reasons. Uh for the trips, for the bonding, for the friendships, for the, the cooking, for the the community. Uh is it so many people get into death metal and for music for so many some different reasons. I see guys getting into it for the for the girls or for the like to be cool with the pictures. I see all these guys taking pictures, 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 pictures. They're in a band and they think because they were picture with corpse grinding out of their account. I don't want to see the picture. You know, there's there's guys into it that I'll go to death fest and I can tell you who's there to. I'll see so many people and I love it that they go to the death fest, all of them. And but I could tell people that are there because they want to see their friends and they just want to be with their friends at the hotel and get drunk and have a good time to, to the people that want to like actually listen to the music and want to see this one drummer play that blast beat or. So there's like so many different reasons people get into the music too. And when you're in a band with five people, I guarantee there's five different reasons those five guys are in that band. So it's to get it just right is, dude, I'm still, you know, working on all these years later just because I love it. And I really do feel I'm getting it right, but it's because the main ingredient is because of the guys I'm working with because they, everybody is on the same page, which is the hardest thing to do. Like I said, I'm always compared to a marriage. Most marriages die. It's only two people through through four or five people in there. No money. Mm. It, it gets ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 can, it can get silly. You got to find the right people that understand it for what it is, in it for the same reason, and positive-minded people too. It's, if you're a negative motherfucker and you're sour all the time and you're not the guy for the road because, you know, you got to be lifting each other up and, that's nothing. The road kills a lot of bands for so many reasons. That's when the fights happen. That's when the bad things happen. And again, 
from my perspective, from my band, it's always with the other bands. It's not never with Pyrexia. And that's, again, that's the hardest thing to keep going. Mm -hmm. I think most bands will tell you that. But it's, so to get into it as a kid, it you know, do it for fun at first. But when you say get into it, like you talk about it, like you and I, like we're grown men doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you, you can get to that point as a kid knowing that you're going to get there. You just got to go into it at first and let it happen. Mm -hmm. And then when you're like starting to say, I want to be a band, if that's what you're saying, when you're like saying like, all right, I love playing uh, music. I want to try to do this again. I don't want to use that word career because I don't believe in a music career. There's a music lifestyle. If you want to then begin to do this as a lifestyle, then I would suggest finding like-minded people, number one, and then staying on the road as often as possible. And one thing I failed in the past, which was because of work and bullshit, uh, you can't wait three, four, five years in between albums. It's got me, bang, I'm going to go, because I'm running out of time. <laughs> I'm getting older and older, so I'm using every second I got. I want to do at least one album a year, but maybe you know an album and an EP, an album and a single, uh, something, some kind of product better than the last one has got to come out you know, consistently, often. I would sit on shit five years, three years. For, who does that? Put out a TV show and then wait three years to put out the next episode. Or People lose interest, you know? And now with the amount of bands and the amount of things you can do and listen and find things, you got you to be constantly doing something, constantly. That's why I say stay on the road. Because I could put out as many videos as I want. If, if you're not out there, you're just not being... Uh, you're just not being... Uh, you're not being put in front of the audience. And that's to me, again, the Spotify and YouTube and all those numbers don't lie. I'm on the road, boom, they're up. I'm home. They're where I know they are. So. Hmm. Uh, I, I was going to say, I agree a hundred percent, man. I, something I say is like, if you're, if you're not on the road, if you're not out of state, then you're just on the internet. Like, like all the other bands, like that's, that's, with the sea of bands and the music that's constantly available to people who like underground metal nowadays, if if you're not literally in their town as part of a, a tour package or something going on, like you're you're just a click away from from the next band. You know what I mean? From, on, on, click away from the next band, and yeah. I, I can't even. And you've been with us. I can't even tell you the consistent how much consistency matters because we just played a show in El Paso, and I can tell you it was not a good show. All right, but. The 25, 30 people that came down on a Wednesday night uh, were the most dedicated. Uh, they knew everything about Pyrexia. They were, they didn't, and what was great is they didn't know each other. And like everybody was sparsed <laughs> out in the club. It was a really weird scene. Let me tell you what happened. We were in El Paso and this band is supposed to, a couple of bands are supposed to open from Mexico. They don't get across the border. So there's no opening bands on a Wednesday night. We're in El Paso. And we're the only band playing, right? So the guy's like waiting, waiting, waiting. It's like eight, nine o'clock. No bands are playing, all right? Just just the DJ. And all these people just like sparse around the club. Like there's 25, 30 people. We got everybody to get together. I was like, yo, you're all here for the same reason, man. Nobody get the, come on, let's get together. It wound up being such a beautiful party and a beautiful event. If you don't think the next time we go there, the people that we were just there are going to be there and bring whoever they were and, and do it. And if you don't think they went home and bought stuff and were like, that was a fucking sick night, mm. probably more than people that maybe went to, a, you know, a cannibal show and didn't have any interaction with anybody other than the bartender to have a beer 
fucking crap. You know, of course we want that, you know, but I'm just trying to say it's still a serious value in even the worst show uh, of doing it because the connections we made that night. And I swear to you, dude, the, the amount of merch those 30 people did buy even that night, it was like ridiculous, you know? So it's like, yeah. I'm at the point where it's never a bad night. Never. It's I've never, <laughs> I'm with my friends. We're getting paid. We're eating. We're at this fucking place. This, I don't know what this venue is. Whoever, you know, these, they put this place out for us. They, the hospitality looked in a whole different uh, aspect where maybe in the early days, I would be like a little sour if it wasn't a packed club. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, oh, what the fuck, man? We didn't. Nowadays, my God, you look at the circumstance, you know, and it just keeps getting better and better. So, I again, I just keep going to the live show because I know that that'll stop people too. Like, ah, who wants to play on a Wednesday? On trust me, play that. You've been with me, and I'm not even going to say what bands where there was like a Monday or Tuesday where there was like no show, but we were able to get a pop up show in some wacky town, and only you, us, and one other band said we'll play and the other half of the packet said we're not going to play and we had a great time and sold merch and there was good good amount of people there can i shout out the uh it was in it was in new mexico in new mexico right new mexico came out yeah i I believe it was new yeah it was definitely it was new what was that the i want to say the the venue was like the bottle rocket or something like that might have been i mean this albuquerque albuquerque right but you see what i'm saying okay Okay. The other, okay. Even the other bands are like, nah, it's a Monday. And mm-hmm. I was like, why not? Let's go. What are we going to do anyway? We'll sit in a hotel. Let's yeah. go down there. It's a venue. They'll feed us. It's a place to be. And it was a good night. I think we sent somebody home in an Uber that night. Yes, we did. That was a wild night. That was a, that was a wild, a wild <laughs> night, town. Night, yeah. Night. That, that was All a right. wild town. That was a wild town. Night. And the, um, it, funny enough, I ended up there. I had already been through there with another band I, I used to be in. On a, a package tour a, a year prior to that, man, and I ran into some people I had met there. So it's like it's like you say, man. When you go back to El Paso, those twenty five people will be there. A part of the game is not just going on the one tour; it's looking at the long view of it. Like I, I'll see you in a few months. Exactly. I'll see you, exactly. I'll see you next yeah. year. Reeking or let me show you something else. This is crazy because it's New Mexico. New Mexico. All right, now we we just played El Paso, but we had to go through Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right, and so we got we we got a good friend who's with mm. us now. He drives a lot with us. He's actually coming to see him stream again. Once you hang out with us, it's like you become part of the family. He drove for us in California. Now I'm going to Life of Agony with him tomorrow, and I, he bought his plane ticket to come with us next July for obscene. So we're looking for a dispensary to go pick up whatever because it's legal. And he finds his place fucking monster house, right? It's a a mom and pop. That's why he went to it. He's like, all the other places are commercial. This place literally is like mom and pop, family owned. Come on down. So we go to monster house uh, dispensary. We go in there. We start talking with the people. We leave. Maybe we spent 45 minutes in the shop, all right? As of right now, I'm about to post it tomorrow. There's a Pyrexia tin collector's five pre-roll tin that he put out. The man bought 25 grinders for me. He's selling these bundles in his New Mexican dispensary in Albuquerque, in uh, yeah, Albuquerque, New Mexico, that we met for, like I said, and it's a beautiful relationship now. And they, I'm going to put the video up. They made these fucking uh, Granddaddy Perp Gravitas Maximus pre-rolls in a tin that's done with the gravitas maximus and an unholy one 
again, if you're not on the road making these these connections and these things, it ain't happening. You're right, and you know, Chris, I gotta say one other thing. The there's a, there's very few videos of me singing for Pyrexia from that tour on YouTube, but uh, one of them is from that show, man. So I, I'm at, I'm at least really? there, you know there. So it's like there you go too, man. Little things that happen, man. You know, it, yes. it, it was it was well worth it in my opinion. So you're right. I think that's the thing too because I've I've been in bands. You know, everyone. I'm not singling out any bandmates or anything. Everyone knows I've been in a million bands. I've been in bands in the past where a bandmate. Uh, I don't want to. I've never heard of those bands. I don't want to play that show. We got offered this show, but that, you know, I never. I don't know about that venue. I've never been there. Just, like it no. just, you can't. You can't be like that. I mean, to a, to a, you know, to a point. To a point, maybe with with certain things. But come on, you know, with certain things. Obviously, if you're if you're doing it, like you said, we've had an extremely busy year. So now, if there's if we won't take every Wednesday because you're not going to kill guys either. You're not going to make guys leave it, but. Everybody is in the mode. If we haven't played a Wednesday in a long time and a Wednesday comes up, we're going to play that Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Or that's just the way it is. Or with the tours, if we're on a tour and we're off Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to go on the internet and see if anybody can give us a show that night. And I don't care if 20 people come, you know? Mm. I'd rather do that. Yeah, I... I... You know, it's especially nowadays with the merch game where, like I've said it before, man, we're kind of forced to be traveling T-shirt salesmen in a lot of ways, That's too, man. Joke about it. Oh, my God. Uh, Will, I'm I'm this close to doing it, but we're going to set up like the carnival booth where you fuck, you throw the darts, try to win a pirate <laughs> shirt, man. You got to dunk Kennedy, spin the wheel. Because that's what we do. It's like a bazaar. You set your blanket out. Yeah. You put your little things to sell, and that that's where you that's what you're doing. Yeah. The music's like secondary. That's uh, you're 100 percent right about that. You know what but, else? What's but, but what but what? Because I'm going to show you about the two. There's, there's there are bands that their diligence has made it work, and these are solid bands, no question. But I think a lot of bands are solid. But these two bands I'm going to mention to you. To me, I've toured with both of them. Stand out more than others and again in their spotify numbers in their t-shirt sales one more than the other when i get to this and you may not like their bands or like, like anything about you know but i'm telling you they've used this formula they have not stopped touring for at least the past 10 years and are both doing very well right now and that's aborted and jungle rock neither band has fucking taken their foot off the gas for 10 years and I toured with Aborted and I watched us set up our merch table. And before I could even start getting my stuff out of the boxes, he's got, Sven's got like a line, a line around the fucking corner. The kids, at like loaded. You know what I'm saying? At loaded, buying two D's and three O's and four of them. And the same thing with Dave from uh, Jungle Rock. That guy has not stopped. At, at one, and they're, they're on 70,000 tons. They're fucking touring. They, they, they just don't stop. They don't stop. And I think that's the formula. And he told me back when we toured with them, I think it was 2014 or 2018, I can't remember, that when they were on Victory, that was like, a, uh, if you wanted to be on Victory, they, they told him you're going to have to be on the road constantly. And he was actually getting tired. But then I think he hit a crossroads where he was like, I'm either going to gas it up or back it down. And he gassed it up. Mm. And he had the guy Jimmy and his guitar player that's been with him from jump i'm telling you that's another key ingredient like a cannibal corpse where you you find the right people that do obituary when you could find the right people that are just like this is what we're gonna all do uh that's really so much you know the, the good music of course yeah 
but you could be a pitcher and throw 100 miles on a fastball, but you're the worst person to get along with. Uh, you, you're not a team player. You, you show up late to practice. You, you, you're you're just a, an all around bad person. Who cares what you're throwing at? You know, I, I you need that whole. It's a unique like a marriage, man. You can't say what makes a good marriage. I don't know. I didn't meet it yet. You know, you, you got to see. Yeah, uh, you, uh, a lot there, man. Um, speaking of persevering, uh, something that you just brought to mind. Uh, the guy, what's his name? James from Prophecy from Texas. Okay. Right? I saw that he's, Prophecy is actually on, they're they're doing support for Defeated Sanity on that tour coming up. You saw that? Yeah. Shout to that. I, I love that because I've seen Prophecy since the late 90s. I love Foretold, Foreseen. I followed the singles and the little EPs he's kind of put out here and there, man. I, you know, I have a lot of respect for that band. Didn't, they obviously had don't tour frequently, so to see them added to that, um, a tour of that like kind of like high caliber and the death metal scene, man, all props to him. Man. I thought that was great, and I think it shows that even though that's a band that doesn't spend a lot of time on the road, he stuck it out this long and has respect in the death metal community from from that regard. And what you know? he what what he has is he's not looking to get money out of it. Mm. Right? The man yeah. owns his own pool company. Uh, the man has a career and. What, whatever he's doing right now, he's he's doing it because he loves to do it, and you know he he. Uh, but again, you know prophecy, and you like prophecy. If it if he's comfortable where he's at right now, that's good. But what would prophecy be if prophecy toured the last twenty years or the last ten years? Who knows? I mean, again, how how do you where it fits in your own life is really what you're gonna say. You know, he's got a lot of kids, a lot of grandkids. I don't know what was priority in his life. Uh, I have a small family. It's just me and my daughter. That, that's it. My grandparents are dead. I don't see my parents. It's tight. It's, it's it's you know, I don't have a lot of other, you know, death metal fills a lot of voids for me, you know, mm. that maybe other people don't eat, which keeps me around more than might keep other people around. When you got a big family, you got brothers, sisters, uh, the right wife or whatever, you know, maybe you, you don't need it. Death metal fills a lot of voids for me. Wow, you said a lot right there, man. Uh, you you just kind of flipped it on me for a second right there, thinking about my own uh, um, <laughs> involvement with death metal, and it was like, no, for real, man. I like because I was kind of with you, you know, with the whole idea of you know, it's at a certain you know at a certain age we come to a crossroads, like you know, like you were saying about James from uh, you know, or about uh, the guy from Jungle Rot, and sometimes yeah. you got to gas it up, you know, you, you know, or, or back it down, and that's where you know I've been with with a lot of my bandmates and I the last few years, kind of figuring out where we stand with that. But the idea that it does, we stay with it this long and this much sometimes because it fills a, a certain void in your life. That's that's pretty deep, man. I think there's probably more listeners that could relate to that in one way or another than not, you know, in, I think, in different I think ways. So. Because I know it's my friends in the band. I know I, I look at them. I'm, again, you got to examine yourself and you got to examine life. Mm. And I think that's even why these guys are in it because they're older like me and they're still doing it. So I say, why is this guy doing Because it? It, it fills certain things that are maybe missing that, you know, now this is, thank you know, thank God it's there that, you know, I, I, I don't personally, again, different. So I don't know what I would do without it. Like we worked on this album. We just finished, right. We just finished it. And I sent it to Miguel and I get up and I'm like, I'm so like, I ha I'm like already thinking like, what do I got to start working on next? Because I, I need that for me. Some people don't need that. You know, I, I absolutely need it. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I don't know what I would do probably. 
Yeah, I, I think sometimes if I had never had any passion for music at all or anything, you know, and none of this at all, man, like I, I kind of like shudder because I picture like like a destitute alcoholic or like not even to be judgmental. I know a lot of people who uh, got into opioids who are my age and, and around my generation and from my neighborhood. Well, Big Macs. I just know? got into Big Macs and sitting on the couch and just said, that's it. I'm done. What's yeah. on Netflix? Uh, what do we, well, you know, that's it. Netflix. Kids don't come around no more. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. your choices. You know, the bowling league maybe. Well, you know, or yeah. your career. Some people have a career that they would stay with uh, later in life. But the person that would maybe uh, like the old days, like, I, you know, I love my grandfather, man. I love him. But he retired at like 55. Uh, he was a transit cop. And, my, you know, God rest his soul. My man was just chilling on the couch till his 80s, you know, enjoying it, but just sipping on the beer maybe here and there and having the peanuts and, you know, nothing really accomplished. No, nothing. You know, he started doing like stained glass because he started actually going stir crazy. So we yeah. got into this whole thing where he, I'm going to make stained glass uh, fucking chandeliers and this, that, and the other thing. And funny enough, his kids were like pushing him like, oh, you got to make money with it. Then. Gotta make, and, and that turned them off to it, man. And then he didn't want to do that no more because they turned it into like, well, now, now that you're tired, you can make that your your job now. And I remember even being a young kid and him being like, well, I don't really want, if I take orders, then I, then I got to get up and I got to do it. He goes, I like it now. I do what I want. But it just, it, you, you, I, I see it in people. You're lost, man. You're, this gives me a fucking true north for the rest of my life. That, wow. Because again, because I accepted it, that, uh, I'm 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 so glad it's there. I don't know I don't know uh, what other people do. Like you said, especially like I get if you have family, but when your kids get older and they're gone, that's when the madness I think sets in for people that I I don't think I'll have to go through. Wow, there's a lot there, man. Um, I I I agree, and uh, I you know I just when I like I said when I was on when I was on the phone with Joe from Immortal Suffering before I I I quoted you quoting Trevor I think from Obituary the whole th- uh when BB uh, King yeah do they tell BB King to stop he's too old to play the blues or when are you going to stop you know whatever the quote was but but the I idea just, yeah. I just found out that this woman at work who's the same age as me was talking behind my back saying I'm too old to be doing this and why am I because I got to leave you know I, I work with the disabled people so you everybody in the house you know you become like a family. And Uncle Chris is always going off to play with with his band, and she, you know they don't they don't understand it. They just she's like he's too old to be doing that. With I wouldn't even think about explaining it to her, you know. But it's just like it's definitely it's still there. It's like even in my life today, it's like I'm oh you're always going to be surrounded with people that doubt it and that can't figure out why you do it. But at the same time, like you said, this woman has a miserable marriage, alcoholic, taking Xanax because she's gotten nervous about this. And and that and that's it, man. So I, you know, yeah. I don't know what to. Say. I don't judge anybody, uh, and I definitely don't. I gotta be honest. I would judge myself in the in the, in the past, like you know, because you say it's like, what are you doing? You know, this is this is this is not like uh, a normal thing to care so much about, you know. And then certain things like when you know, Trevor Woods said that thing about BB King, how you know nobody tells BB King you're too old. And Willie Nelson is like my new my new guy. I look at him like fucking Willie keeps going, smoking his weed. I think he quit now, but you know, he he stayed on the road and kept it going. And it's the Willie Nelson yeah. family. He even calls it that. And I I get that. And like I don't know. Uh, I guess like hunting trips. I used to hear about people taking hunting trips. Again, I go. I'm trying to figure out other things that are 
comparable to when you're on the road with your band and when else do I go have what grown men has sleepovers with their friends? Like I go out with my friends and we have sleepovers for like 10 days in a row and we giggle and you know, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, we fucking giggle in the fucking hotel room. I mean, you know, like, you shut the lights off and you know, that's, that's it. That don't, oh, you know, man. you don't, most people don't get that. You know, I would hate to not have that, you know, there's a fraternity to it. There's a camaraderie to it, man. I always equate it to uh, uh, being part of like a minor league sports team or something, you know, where these guys yep. pay their own way or something, man, you know, yep. like something along those lines, maybe, you know. Absolutely, man. And why do those guys do it? Yeah. Why did Michael Jordan fucking want to ride on the bus and fucking go in the back? And, you know, he had the money to go first class. I know he wanted to show he was grip. But when he tried to play baseball, he was like, I'm going to go in the minors. Because you knew I have to, as a leader of his team, he's like, I got to bond with these guys. I got to become one of them and, you know, part of the family, part of the crew. And there was so much to be said about that, man. Truck stops are exciting, man. I mean, it's uh, it's just, a, it's great. It's great. When you're on the road for like three hours at a stretch and you finally pull over at some truck stop just to get out for 10, 15 minutes, there's, there is a, <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. There's a high it, to it. There's a high to it, yeah. man. There's the bathroom's clean and they have good coffee. It's like, <laughs> It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. And it's yeah. fun. And you know, there's some people that hate there's some people that cringe at us saying that, man, because they're not there's there's guys that go on tour and they don't want to do it. You know, they they say well, that's not said, for them. If you're not yeah. positive, you gotta be positive and happy. If you're not happy, I mean it's crazy to say death metal, but yeah, no, you gotta you gotta be upbeat, man. You gotta be like willing. I mean, we lost our tra the trailer came off the hits, the last one. I mean, something's constantly Ooh. no, I mean, constantly happening. Uh, can't you drive it around for some reason in when we were at malignancy in New Hampshire? No hotels, nowhere. I mean, we're driving around two, three, four, five, six in the morning. You got to pull over. It happens. You know, some people would say that's misery. I'm I'm too old for this or whatever. It was, it was that was rough. You know what I'm saying? But you don't expect that to happen. But it happened. Of some people that would definitely be like, this is ridiculous. To us, it was like, ah, that sucks. You know, we'd go to the next. Make sure we get the, the hotel early next time. That's never happened before. It wouldn't. It has. It wouldn't break me, but you'd see a different side of Will that day. That's, hey, that's for sure. oh, yeah. Yeah, listen, listen. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. When you're with each other, that the boys will tell me I'm I'm sweet as sugar. But if you do, if you do get me in the morning with no coffee, and you know you make a wrong turn and it says no rest stop for 42 miles, and I didn't have coffee. I might fucking, you know, for 42 miles, you're going to hear me fucking, you know, blowing off some bad steam, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you got to be able to also appreciate each other's bad sides and know that's not who this person is. He's venting for a few minutes or, you know, he don't, he had a rough night or something like that. And, you know, you don't ever get like mad or anything like that at each other. It's it's all gonna be in my books. Uh, System of the animal. My time with pyrexia. <laughs> that's it, man. We were standing in. I was it. under the room, man. Just wanted to do more cocaine, but we just wanted to leave. <laughs> the hookers can't waking me up. I said I have to rest my voice. No, I'll, we're just joking. We're joking, allegedly. But um, something something I got here, man. I, I did want to ask you about, man, because we spent we spent a lot of time on that. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff there for anyone in bands. Or, or, if it's big, I got to get some. Or anyone that wants to. Well, this this is we're digging. It's it's a big dig in the past because, um, uh, can you hear me, man? He's yeah, back, yeah, he's back. He's back in the studio, man. This guy, I don't know. He's he's the there's another batch of brownies done. Is this not uh? You're, this is only audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah, we're just recording it, man. This this is just an audio podcast. Up. I saw you on something I think recently where you had three heads 
Into Into the Necrosphere podcast. Shout to yeah. yeah, shout to Jackie from Into the Necrosphere podcast. He had Rick and I on more in the context of Reeking Aura, but we also shouted out the podcast a lot. Yeah, so Into the Necrosphere podcast, people should definitely check out, man. Um, uh, another podcast with a host who has a thick accent, but he's got like a sophisticated British accent, man. <laughs> I got the I got the Long Island guy accent, but. Um, <laughs> But but listen, I was speaking a Long Island guy. You talked about the old days before. You said something about DeVito. Um, we had an episode, and I got to credit you a little bit with the research too, where I we talked about Long Island black metal and the kind of their lack thereof. There was like few and far between bands, but um, you were around and and you knew uh, Accursed from back in yeah. the day, right, man? I, like like I, uh, who was that? Uh, Jim, Jim Randall. Jim yeah, Jim Randall. Man, we used to call him His Satan. brother Mike. Satan Jim. Yeah, teeth grinder printing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Satan Jim, Satan Jim. Yes, Satan Jim from back in the day. So, what was accursed around back in like what the early days of Pyrexia? Or no, this is what happens. It's crazy. You know, I don't know. You probably know. You remember Good Times Magazine, right? Of course. Or the newspaper. Good still, Times still around. So it was right after Mortuary. It was before Pyrexia. Okay. It was in the interim where I didn't have a band yet. All right, just stopped jamming with the guys from Suffo Mortuary, and I'm looking for members to try to do something. And I see in Good Times bass player, uh, I think it said Death Metal. I don't know what the hell it said. It might have said Thrash. It might. I don't know what it said. You know, but something that I said. Let me call this ad up. So I call it up. Meet this guy. Never met him before. This is what I mean. People don't understand. There's no internet. You really gotta want this shit back then, dude. You know, you're looking in newspapers in the back for like a couple of fucking words. I find this guy. I don't know who the fuck he is. I'm going to meet him. I drive to his house and exactly, he's into like black metal. And I, I'm just, I was just saying with Hobbs and Cerrito. So like, I'm like, and playing all this wacky shit. And he's like, oh, no, man, no, no. I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I can't play with you. He's like, fucking, I'm just, just kind of getting into it. And he was just that, you know, way different style of music, you know? But again, one of the uh, things that brings everybody together is, marijuana so he had some black hash and he's like yo you know we can't jam but let's go smoke and we smoked and we became friends you know what i'm saying and again with the death metal friendship is is key i, I became friends i'm friends with my whole life now and now i'm friends with his brother who's going to take pictures for us and he's taking pictures for us and you know you're with him constantly you've been down here in the studio with him yeah yeah and that's all because of me meeting you know well as far as me knowing him is because of me going for that ad all those years late, you know, earlier. That's that's interesting because when I listen to Accursed, I do hear some of that fast, like kind of Long Island Suffo style going on. You know, not 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 exactly, but it it's kind of more of that ilk, man. You know, I guess he he did end up stepping his game up. Well, no, he was good. He's you know he's good. It's just we, we were, like I said, I was, yeah. was I was bizarre back then. You know what I'm saying? It was it was just a. Different levels too. There's different levels too, man. People, I mean, you're talking about you guys were probably like in your late teens, if if not early, you know, early twenties. Yeah, maybe so. nineteen twenty tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I always recommend that demo to people, even though it's got obviously everyone knows it's got that crazy cover and it's it's like very occult, like it looks like some obscure black metal band from Europe. It's a very Long Island death metal sounding but demo. He you know? is Satan Jim. He is satanic. He his practices and his beliefs are not of the comical satanic. Uh, Satanism. It's of the you know what you might whether it's a true or whatever, and he was doing that honestly in the eighties, uh, way before that. And that was his honestly his girlfriend on the cover, 
Like he was legit. Uh, you know, he was living it as a teenager into his younger years, and even as a grown man now. Like it's, it's he's never wavered. I got you know, it's crazy. So that's that's probably the truest black metal band that's ever been on Long. That's Island, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Everybody says, yeah. but like that, like I said, it was his woman, his girlfriend on that cover. Yeah, he was doing it. <laughs> well, he, he was living it, man. You know, it, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting band from Long Island history. I knew that you knew the guy, and um, obviously we both we both know Mike, man. So I just wanted to get that little tidbit because I talked about them and recommended uh, people listen to that demo. Because especially, you know, people tuned into this because they they see Pyrexia, Long Island Death Metal, man. There's a lot of um, bands th- through Long Island history that just cut a demo. And what about, I got to ask too, man, did you ever come across the Embryonic Death guys? Or was that like a little bit later involved from you? guys or? no they 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 opened for us i think a couple of times at the roxy you know i i saw some they put up a website that they were coming back and then i don't think one of the guys reached out to me oh yeah i just thought it was a long time ago but like like you said it was like around that day when they started coming back they were like yeah. yo such and such from embryonic from back in the day and yeah if anyone from embryonic death is listening man reach out man i'll i'll i'll, I'll get afterbirth in the mix and we'll do an old school show We'll, we'll do do something on Long Island, man. Um, well, come back to the party, man. So that somebody out there will press a seven inch. The kids will make shirts, man. The younger generation's mm-hmm. all into it. But um, speaking of the younger generation and Long Island and all that stuff, man. Again, for the listeners, December the seventeenth. If you're in the area, Suffolk County, Long Island, Rams American Pub in Holbrook. Uh, Pyrexia, obviously, Malignancy. Uh, for, I think probably the first Suffolk County appearance in a minute. I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they hardly ever come out here. Uh, Reeking Aura, um, which is obviously a band I'm in with um, several guys who co-host the show from time to time, man. And um, uh, Inhuman Devourment. Uh, they never come out. Uh, Anthony from you know, Dehumanized back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, shout out to Anthony, man. Looking forward to seeing that dude, man. A guy I always kept in touch with here and there through the years. Um, I tried to get him on the show with us tonight, but he, had, he has to work early tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I, I I was talking to him for a while trying to get him on the me I it's funny man, I had I switched hours at my job um since then but we our hours never clicked. I was always trying to link up with him for the show too, but I'll talk to him then man. And uh Bowel Erosion man, a local band that's opening up every show man. Uh they just Good. played they just played with Mortician in New York City, man. That's great. I saw yeah. it. But- yeah. Good getting out there, man. All right, Chris. So I like I said I'm going to be respectful of your time, man. Um, we, we've been going for almost an hour here, a little bit more than that. I appreciate you breaking everything down. So we said for Pyrexia, um, you, you guys got that. The 15th, yeah, the 15th is going to be at Dingbats in Long Island, uh, New Jersey. Dingbats in New Jersey is the 15th. With Malignancy, with Malignancy. And uh, then we got the 16th in Albany with Dysentery and uh, Brick by Brick and a shit ton of bands. Well, I mean, it's a big, well, big toy drive out in Albany. Just dysentery, pyrexia, all-out war alone is like somebody. There's gonna they, brick they, by brick. Yep. They should have like a, like you know what like uh, um the sporting events. They got like EMTs waiting by. You know what I mean? They should just have yeah, like no, a, that's a, a that's a big one. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, put an ambulance. And then we, we close it up with the the holiday party with you guys, man. Beautiful, man. Um, Chris, any. Well, you know what? We always do the recommendations, man. Let me, let me. We we just talked about a curse. Let let's close out with two quick recommendations, like we always do from the guests, man. Give me one old one and one new one. Any genre, demo, EP, album, whatever you want, man. Something old, something new for me and the listeners. Shit, something new, something new. That's tough, right? <laughs> Sometimes something it's tough, new. man. 
You know what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you something that was just introduced to me when I was in Texas. Uh, my friend, I'm going to give a shout out to Shane Underwood because he brought me, I, I again, going to stories. This is I, I hate to regress now, man. But Shane Underwood, the right. first time I ever, ever left New York with Pyrexia was to go to Texas, right? And we went and we played Texas with these two bands, Crucifix and Torment Define. Just met them with let letters, you know, corresponding with letters. Then eventually phone calls and then flew out there to do five shows with them. And I met this guy, Shane, who was a uh, drummer for Torment Define. Needless to say, we had whatever, all kinds of bonding experiences, but here we are, 30 years later, Shane comes to my show in Houston, I mean, in Austin, and he brought me a beautiful shirt uh, with the uh, the demon uh, Reagan and the, the priest from Exorcist on the shirt, you know, for the We Are Many shirt, and he's just a, a great friend for 30 years. Every time we play Texas, he comes out. He's my brother, I mean, I, and I met him 30 years ago. It's impossible without me have doing this, you know, just so, you know, I hate to regress, but I'm going to, he, when I was there, he turned me on to a Texas band, Demon Seed, and they're pretty goddamn brutal. So maybe you didn't even hear him. Uh, check him out. Demon Seed. Okay. I'm man. not sure how old or new, so I don't know where to put them old or new. So I'm going to say with Demon Seed and I'm going to say Torment Defined. Give them, they're old. They're definitely old. Torment Defined. Check both of them out. They're both from Texas. Torment Defined, uh, like I said, they've been at it for a long time, man. Long time. Just good shit to check out. Roots. Okay, man. That's this is great because we're the, this whole December we're doing all New York um, artists and and people I know from New York. We're doing just for the holidays. Keep playing it close to home. And um, just this this whole interview is mirroring some of the things I talked about with Joe from Immortal Suffering. Uh, one of those things being Texas's uh, p- general love and support for New York, and I say that respectfully, man, because we love the Texas bands and, and all that too up here in New York. Um, and you're here, you know, here we go. You're rec- you're you're here in New York with with the Yankees cap on, no less. Recommending two Texas bands, man. There's definitely this Texas New York synergy that exists oh, in death metal. <clears throat> no question about it, man. I think it Much goes more. goes back to maybe devourment in the corpse gristle days, man. You know, I don't know. Oh, that, that's he, it. There was this guy, Hound, that was at our show yeah, uh, yeah. in Houston. And, you know, we met him in that first trip we went when I was with Crucifix and Torment to find. He used to work at Tunnel Works, which was like a record shop back in Dallas, Deep Ellum, Dallas, where like bands would just go and do like in-store sign-ins, you know, back in the day. Remember that shit? When you have a record <laughs> store and bands come and do in-stores? Yeah. And yeah. he was there. Like, and we went to that record store and like, it was also a bong shop. It was just, it's crazy. Man. It's just, <laughs> but again, that was 30 years ago. And here he was in Houston. That's, that's, I happen to know, not that I was there, man. A friend of mine who was a few years older caught Broken Hope doing a, a record signing at none of the above records in Center Reach yeah, on, middle, on, on Middle Country Road for the, for the listeners, man. But Chris, you then, know what? Wait, you know, I don't, before you go, you know, I tried yeah. out for Sorrow, right? <laughs> oh, I think we asked you that. One All time, right, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. Them the above. You know, it's it's a. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What's? <laughs> oh man, now I yeah. I forget um the guy's name. Um, me too. Uh, Brett Claren from yeah, uh, Sorrow and Journey into Darkness. We interviewed him, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, wasn't like this. It was kind of like the same type of thing. Like you, you were telling me about jamming with um. Yeah, I was paused there with Venus. It was like just two different plants, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that. 
But both both uh, uh, great legacy Long Island bands, man. Yeah. But you know, well, also Nassau County. They, they weren't they from like like practically Queens or something? You know, yeah. Eat Nassau. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's a geography lesson for the listeners, man. <laughs> All right, All right man. but I'll see you next week. I'll see you Saturday. Yeah, for the listeners now, we're gonna get this episode out, man, before the show. Uh, I think probably a day before the show. So if you're if you're in the area, if you're in the region um, of New Jersey, Albany, or Long Island, we just told you what you're doing, man. Come out, support the bands, buy merch. Not even my band's merch, just somebody's merch, uh, and 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 all that, man. Chris, man, thank you so much for your time, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, well, love you. out to Chris Basile. Um, Terrell, you're lucky I got you through everything without having to debate that man on anything. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm still good, man. I'm okay. Here. All right. Yeah. Good, good guys, man. Um, December 17th, like we talked about Rams American pub, yada, yada, yada. Um, but getting back to something like we were saying before Terrell, now that I got you back here, man. Um, this is the first time I've had you back on the podcast since you were on tour with, with um, with big shot to Carrion Vale from Indiana and Hath from New Jersey. Uh, we did a beautiful little five day spread with those guys, man. I want, I want to, guys. Yeah, I, I wanted to, well, I, I wanted to get your your collection your your recollection on that, and I feel like it might segue a little bit into something of a recommendation because um, I wanted to talk gear. Um, Ooh, okay. The, well, those let big shout to Carrie and Vale. If you go back and listen, we interviewed them and they talked gear for a little bit. But going into that situation, those guys were kind of like the RoboCop of a touring band in my <laughs> in my estimation, man. Like as, as a guitarist, what was what was it like watching what those guys were working with? Yeah, those guys are super professional, high tech, definitely on the cutting edge when it comes to the amp sims and the modelers and just the direct you know they make me look like a complete caveman and neanderthal <laughs> mm-hmm. well, and what's funny is like i love all the gear and i could keep up with the talk and i kind of do the research but like personally i just stick to really simple bare bones equipment for myself that even goes to my cell phone just like different aspects of life but these guys they're like wow they'll they'll blow you away it's like jumping in a tesla for the first time that was carrying bell yeah it was between them and half um, who were, I'd say, maybe slightly more traditional in terms of gear, just, you know, not, not as futuristic as, as Carrion Vale, but still um, a, a little a little more modern, man, uh, whereas our band has a little bit more of a stripped-down approach in, in, in that respect, all different approaches to the game. But, like, I, I definitely felt like I, I learned a little bit from those guys. You know what I mean? Those guys being on the road with all that stuff and making it work every night and making it happen, man. It's not always easy. they got to coordinate with a different sound engineer every night. Mm-hmm. And they have their their setup so down pat. I didn't know if it could get tighter, but supposedly the newest goal is to be able to get everything down onto one little piece of device and have all your guitars and you know sims and samples coming through one thing. It's like crazy stuff. It's the future, man. Like you said, Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner, man. Logan's Run. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Shout, shout to Mick Jagger. Um, well. 
Now, while I got you here and we're reminiscing on tour, I mean, I don't, I'm, I maybe we will actually have everybody on and do like a whole tour reminiscing episode, man. But quickly, man, before we move on, give me like your um, uh, I, I don't know, like some of your favorite favorite moments. Like, what was like the best show from from the uh the tour in your estimation, man? Uh, you know, maybe a best clown moment. I don't know. Oh man, no, it it was fun. What's cool about a five day tour is you get to like really think about and evaluate each show and really relish in it for better or for worse right especially if they're bad but luckily we had a, a good run of shows um i mean philly was definitely a, a big thing for me because i've always heard about kung fu necktie and i've never been there so playing there on a weekday and you know getting the place popping and it was a great start to the tour tuesday um, it was a tuesday night first night of the tour yeah and um you know hath is from new jersey we're all reeking aura hasn't played out much, but we're all in bands that have kind of been around the area. I felt like Philly was the closest thing to a home show, man. People really came out. That was awesome. Yeah. And then even let's just bookend it because everything was awesome, right? You guys talked about how awesome Rod Stewart was in Nashville and mm -hmm. um, the awesome food in Knoxville and signing that guy's hoodie. Um, but uh, in Pittsburgh as the bookend, I thought the the shred shed was really special. And then finding out that Mary Billick also had a part, you know, in, in running the whole thing and watching our band. I, I thought it was awesome, man. Yeah, she was cool, man. Good people, man. Um, yeah, a lot there to talk about, man. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get a little bit of your insight into that, man. We talked about the record store. I mean, yeah, like, you know, you were saying before, I found um, the first first print dark funeral. Uh, what's the? Hold on a second, man. I'm going to get to it. Was it Vobiscum, maybe? No, no, it was... Um, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna mispronounce it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss say the 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 name of the album now, man. It's all right, man. I'll have time to edit this, man. And then he, he'll, he'll clown me, man. He won't. No, it's not, time. In the shores of Massapequa Park. In the. Sh <laughs> oh man, I found uh, the secrets of the black. I found a. Oh uh, okay, yeah. I found a secrets of the black arts. Yeah, first print. Um, the secrets of the black arts by um. Uh, Dark Funeral, man, a band we talk about a lot on the podcast. One day, I think we're gonna have to get like a listening party or something, or like some sort of round circle discussion on the on the discography, on the catalog of Dark Funeral. But the Secrets, great album, really yeah. good album, man. Like you know, really cool melodic kind of like black metal album with some death metal influences. I would say, man, uh, you know, Dark Funeral, a band with such a big catalog, it's hard to know where to start. But felt like it was a really good place to dive in there, man. I also got um. Uh, I found I was I found a good copy of Emperor and the Nightside Eclipse on mm -hmm. vinyl. Yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, dove into that yet. I'm waiting on a special occasion. Ooh, I have... well, you know, tis the season. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, you know, you said that so casually about finding that Dark Funeral album. Um, you made it seem like I was devious and sniping the heretic, but everybody was talking Dark Funeral in the van, and then you definitely got that from under our noses. So. I everybody had an opportunity. Tit, tit for tat. <laughs> we all walked into the store at the same time. We all walked. See, this is what I was saying in the story after all this was going on, man. You don't, um, uh, don't go to the to the to the record store with your friends who listen to the same genre of music as you. Don't go to the store with other metal yeah. people. You got to go to the store with people who listen to music that you that you don't like at all, man. I don't know why you'd be hanging out with those people and going to the store with them, or just go by yourself. But um. 
we we were on we were on tour, and I'm glad we went to Magnolia Records down there in uh, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Great store if you're into metal, and just, it's well. I mean, even the hip hop and the rock and everything is very well curated, man. It's a really cool store. Um, Dude, think think about it. I came out of there with a Heretic vinyl and a Sade cassette. How happy yeah. could I be? You know, yeah, that's like, that's what a better fit. That's pretty much like both both sides of your your musical character that I know, and I mean that's a compliment. Um, there you go. Of the of the highest order, but yeah, man, really, that was that was really cool, man. And also, um, I found a, a copy of uh, Endless Pain by Creator, uh, new school remastered copy, but I I still had to pick it up, man. Um, regardless, so. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was, that was awesome. I, when, when I get the other guys, we'll figure, figure out what they got, man. But, um, like I said, they were able to ship it to me, man. That was awesome, man. Even during the holiday season, it got here relatively quick. Uh, Earache Records having a dope sale right now, man. Uh, you can get some of those classic old, but you can, dude, you can get like all four, like the first Bolt Thrower albums for pretty cheap right now. Um. Yeah, you gotta jump on that. Take advantage. Yeah. Or else it's gonna be just Chuck Berry on sale next time, so. Yeah. Well, dude, Eric's got a lot of oh, Buck Cherry. My bad, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I I kind of like I, I that's what clicked in my head anyway, man. But like they got they kind of I feel like they were chasing the Buck Cherry vibe with a lot of they have a lot of weird like rock bands. I don't I don't know, man. It's like, weird. Like guys in bell bottoms rock bands. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but the metal's on sale too. Gray Sky's falling in the studio. Uh, shout out to Rick and Colin. Yeah. Shout out to Rick and no shout to Sal. Shout to oh, all. God. Shout to all the great guys. No shout to Sal. 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 We got to do better. This is 2020. This is gonna be the music. <laughs> the, we are the world. Music is gonna come out, and this whole podcast is gonna turn into me talking to Sal. I'm sure there's somebody in the future that's gonna you know discover the Healthy Hope podcast for the first time, jump into the Long Island atmosphere and ecosphere rather, hear about Sal in the beginning like you know. This thing's changed for this character, and just across the entire arc of the podcast, it's just the same. It's just the same Sal. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze. It's it's a constant, and there's something comforting about that man. So so shout. We will shout. You know what? I reverse course. Shout on, to Sal. I reverse course on that. Shout to Sal. I can't be that mean around the holiday season. Um, he might even be a special guest coming down the chimney. For all I know, I don't know, man. Ooh. But um, uh, regardless, all right. So new shop, right? Magnolia Records in Knoxville. Afterbirth and Reeking Aura merch on sale. Earache Records having a sale. Earache. I'm waiting for the check, man. They didn't. They didn't. Um, uh, tell me to plug that. But uh, moving right along, um, Terrell, we talked. Listen, we talked technical a little bit. We talked gear a little bit. We talked about um stopping and trying to take everything in and professionals. Long story short, you got something that people should stop and take in. I think it might be a little technical, right? Oh, it's a little technical. It's a great transition. And and the album we're talking about is Truth Beyond uh, by the band Neuraxis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out November 1st, 2002. And it's, you know, Canadian band, uh, like Will mentioned, technical, melodic, uh, brutal, kind of a mix of all the stuff I love um, and with really catchy songs. A lot of people know the album Trilateral Progression, which, you know, I think is probably the most acclaimed album that came out after this. But I picked this one because, one, it's about 20 years. Well, it just hit 20 years since this album came out. And uh, it also had the drummer, um, Alex Arian, who um, is also the one of the two main vocalists for Despise Icon, 
which I didn't realize because I was huge into Neuraxis. I knew peripheral, peripherally around, about the Spice Icon at the time. And I, I made the connection that this guy went from drums in Neuraxis, this brutal band, to being the uh, essentially the fitted hat dude in Despise Icon. <laughs> um, not to take away from Despise Icon, because I've kind of come around on them, especially in the first couple albums. They're pretty sick. But uh, I thought it was an interesting, you know, transition. You know, a lot a lot more people know about Despise Icon than Neuraxis. I have no problem with Despised Icon. I I got the opportunity to see them live a few times, and um, they're very impressive. Yeah, great band. But that's I I didn't realize that until you just said that. That's really an interesting transition for him because the drums on yeah. the, the the drums on this album are pretty amazing themselves. Exactly. That's that's kind of what blew my mind. It's like, wow, how come you didn't keep going on this path? And it turns out that he actually did do drums on the first Despised Icon record. Oh. Which you know sometimes gets overlooked. You got you kind of go straight to the healing process, which is killer, f- fantastic record. Um, but you know he still had those chops um, on that first despised icon record. That's interesting. Uh, okay, so yeah. well, but the, this Naraxis album, um, I do have a couple of things to say because I remember this from when um, the early two thousands was going on. It reminded me a little bit about when I was in Biolich two thousand one, two, three, four around that era. I got to see uh, Naraxis in Brooklyn. Um, Biolich opened up for them in Brooklyn, and they played the Maryland Death Fest, and I saw them. Really impressive live band. Nice guys, from what I remember back in, back in the day. You know, I wouldn't. I don't remember if it was that drummer at that point, man, who was in Despised Icon. You know, I don't know the guy personally, but um, <laughs> this album, man, holy shit! I feel like this is so ahead of its time by about ten years. Yep. Um. It it's what a lot of bands not taking away anything. Like we said, shout out to all these you know bands nowadays. But but, uh, these guys were just ahead of the curve of what a lot of bands on like Unique Leader and um, uh, shit. What's um no bands like uh in what um in Fury. What's the what's the label? That oh, ma- uh, Artisan Era. Artisan Artist, era. Yeah. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. So what, all I'm getting at is that this Naraxis album from what is it, 2002, I believe. Yep. Is like it, it's way ahead of the curve on what bands uh, nowadays on Artisan Era and Unique Leader. Um, some of those bands are are, are doing and uh, the the kind of vibe they're doing. But but at the same time, I think because it's from 2002, they're they avoided some of the traps of that of that early 2000s era it's not there's not like clunky triggers there's you know what i mean like it is not yep. they weren't trying to be hyper modern so it's got a little bit of that cool uh late 90s like still kind of realistic sounding production at the same time there's a, a tremendous amount of clarity it's produced very well i mean if you exactly. listen if you listen to it in headphones or in a room with a with a good set of speakers man it's produced like really good the, the drums pop um, they, they don't, they don't, they don't sound a hundred percent like room drums. There's a little bit of that tech death sound, but it's not a hundred percent sterile. And the, the, the big thing about this too, is that even though it's like technical and flashy in a way, they don't, there's, it's still ignorant at times. They, there's, st- there's some, oh, yeah. th- there's parts of this that really remind me a lot of purification through violence by dying fetus. And, oh, wow. okay. and and even sometimes a little bit of old cataclysm, like like classic first oh, yes. first first era cataclysm, 
with the dramatic riffs, but but they they're not as sporadic as Cataclysm with it. It's very precise. But yeah, the dying fetus thing, man. Like, there's some brutality in here. There's some ignorance in here. It's not just all flash like a lot of modern tech death, man. This is. I'm really glad that you um you brought this in, man. This was like a, a, an impressive recommendation that brought me back uh, a band that deserves more credit and that I don't think. Uh, it seems maybe a little bit like like nowadays kind of like forgotten in this era where, like I said, there's a lot of bands kind of doing that same um, same type of vibe, you know? Yeah, man, I, I do agree. Overlooked band, one of my absolute favorites, and you described it pretty well. I think, too, if, um, if you're big into the Canadian tech death scene um, from back in the day, this, you know, this falls right into that category, and that's probably how I found them. So if you're into bands like Quovatis, Martyr, Cryptopsy, you know, this falls right into that, you know, um, area. And I'm sure they were playing shows together back in the day. This is like a link between Dying Fetus and Cryptopsy of the late 90s and Modern Tech Death, you know? Yep. That's 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 like, the I think, the best way to put it, man. Really, really awesome shit, man. And, um... Uh... The the one thing also I uh, this band is always kind of for some reason maybe because they they go back so far too this band and Psychroptic always struck me as two kind of I like parallel in a way you know what I mean and it's like yeah no that's a great comparison and I think even like more so with the latest Psychroptic album that has a little bit more of that like dramatic feel to it you know what I'm trying to say like like there's Psycho Psychroptic the last few years seem to have been taking on this like a little bit more epic feel to their yes. writing, which I do enjoy. I really enjoy the, the latest Psychroptic album. So, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say, man. Any final thoughts? No, yeah, I think you you, na- you nailed the record on the head, I guess. What the hell am I trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's that brutal. It just knocked me over the head. Tom, Tom, get us out of here. Hey. Raxis. Um, now, my recommendation is a little bit more current here. Um, I want to talk about Universally Estranged from Houston, Texas, with the their second full-length already, um, Dimension of Deviant Clusters. Uh, they had a, a first full-length album out in 2021. This is from 2022 on Blood Harvest Records, released October 28, 2022, right around Halloween. Um, it's apparently, from what I, I understand, just a one-man project, um, just, just one guy behind everything. I, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to describe without doing a whole bunch of comparisons to things it doesn't sound like, because yeah. there, it's death metal that's a little bit of a gore-grindy kind of feel, because it can be very hectic and crazy and and guttural and pitch shifted and wild there's synthesizers and sound effects and it it just kind of uh, i feel like it satisfies a lot of what that would imply but also goes beyond that you know what i mean man like it's not just nocturnus it's not just gore grind nocturnus 
You know what I mean? No. It's it's there's a lot of weird stuff going on. I when I realized it was a one man project, it makes a lot of sense because it's a very streamlined vision, a lot of room for experimentation. It's you know this guy's just doing what he wants to great effect though. Um, there's like a little bit of like atmospheric cryptic death metal, a little bit of gore grind, a whole lot of. Uh, like I don't want to say spacey. I don't want to say <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is spacey. I just don't want people thinking the wrong thing. But all I'll say yep. is that this is kind of like taking the. Even saying this to me is like something that would, if I heard someone say it, it would turn me off. But give it a shot, man. It's like, uh, you know, the the way the whole blood incantation and demolich and um the time ghoul thing has really taken off the last few years. This is a project that is definitely worthy of um being held in that regard and and you know also if you're a fan of nocturnus if you're a fan of libido airbag if you're a fan you know this is just something original and it really uh it, it's it, if you if you put it on it and you're if you're looking for something that's a little bit original and a little bit different this is definitely going to hit a bell for you man that that's all i can really say about it because i don't want to be too derivative in how i describe it yeah, well, and and I wrote some notes down on it, and I was thinking the same thing. I literally wrote down time, goal, blood incantation, finish death. Right? Um, those are the things that make you that you want to think of. But these guys deserve their own attention in their own right. Like even without the sense, there's something going on in the song structures that are, that's a little progressive, and it's not just a straightforward old school death metal clone or blood incantation clone. Um, it kind of goes back to what you're saying about Phobophilic and especially like their new record. They're kind of taking that feel to a new place, a little more inspired. Um, they've got the tones locked in, right? It's got that old school kind of murky PV, maybe PV butcher tone. Um, but it's, it's its own thing. And because of that, I actually wrote down a couple other bands um, because of the synth synthesizers and the spacey aspect I want to compare this to the band Mithras. So if you're a fan of that band, that's more like brutal death metal in space with synths and that spaciness. And this has the old school vibe. But going back to the gore grind connection, this, especially with the artwork and the logo, which I love, that has a complete gore grind kind of feel to it. So there's a lot going on there. Maybe that's the, um, the artist's choice, the, the the originator of the project. Um but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's even some exper experimentation with electronic music. There's yeah. a part that kind of has like a hip hop beat in the in the middle of the album, and that made me write down the band Alien Men Alien Alienation Mental. Wow, wow, mouthful okay. from the Czech Republic. Yeah, if you remember, they kind of tossed in some hip hop beats here and there. So it, it's cool, man. It, it's worth the listen. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's like sometimes the whatever the synth patch or the set, whatever they're using is used to like a little bit more of that symphonic metal effect. Sometimes it's used to a little bit more of that, like B movie or, or like, you know, Lucio Fulci type of movie or, or, um, a horror movie kind of effect. Like sometimes it's, it's just like a, they're, they're really, like I said, it's an eclectic band. It's a different band. It's hard to describe. And if anything, the reason I would compare them to, libido airbag 
and Demolich is because they have their own sound and vibe, and it's something that you can put on and sounds distinctly different from most other bands you could put on, man. You'd have to try pretty hard to find a few bands to put this in league with, you know? You could even put Lymphatic Phlegm in that category. Yes! Yes, that's a band that popped into my head when I first started listening to this. You're absolutely right. Like, it's just one of those things. This is a band that is sick. It's awesome. It's, um, and if you really sit down and listen to this album, for me personally, it got me, it's one of those things that it keeps me excited about underground extreme metal. Uh, cause it's, it's obviously from the heart. It's just so different and so weird. And it's cool that we're living in an environment nowadays where even though things are saturated for death metal, that something like this could come out and gain a little traction. Yeah, so, man. It's impressive. Yeah. Great use of effects all the way through. Hell yeah, man. So, um, Tom, let, let these people hear a little bit of universally estranged with uh, dimension of deviant clusters on blood harvest. <laughs> I'm really proud of us. I'm proud of the recommendations tonight. I, I feel like we both brought our A game. You know, I, I, those those are those are two awesome recommendations, in my opinion, man. I hope people check that shit out, man. Yeah, man. Between this, these two bands and Shoprite, I'm still waiting for my check. <laughs> I think we're on a roll here, dude. Between, I'm waiting for Shoprite and Drake to cut me a check, man. I'm waiting for both. I think <laughs> they, they got to cover at least two car payments for me at this point. Somebody's got to pay off that Jeep before I drive it down to, to uh, Kung Fu Necktie again. Um, like we said, December 17th, Rams American Pub, Malignancy, Pyrexia, Reeking Aura, that's me and Terrell's band, uh, Inhuman Devourment, Bowel Erosion. Also, like Chris said, there's uh, dates right around that time for New Jersey and for Albany if you want to catch Pyrexia. Look for Pyrexia on social media. We appreciate Chris spitting a lot of game. Chris talking a lot of game to younger people today. Um, talking about printing up his own... He sounded a little bit like Master P for a minute. He was talking about um, printing up his own CDs and selling them out on the road uh dude I, I love chris's resourcefulness and shout out to the uh the electrician trades too yeah yeah man um there's a, a lot you could learn man that's that's terrell i'm I, i'm looking forward to the day that we go to play a venue somewhere and like there's a there's a like a fuse out and you save the day or something man you know <laughs> i've been waiting yeah one day it'll happen i know you're ready we keep that little tackle box in the in the back seat i got the duct tape and everything we're good to go um uh, beyond that, man, you can always check out Heavy Hole Podcast. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, the, the phone number should be in the description wherever you're reading this, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to drop us an email, look for us on social medias, and look for us on Patreon for some bonus content. Going into the next year, 2023, we will be expanding out to um, all parts of the United States and international guests again, but for now, it's my holiday in New York. Uh, I think Frank Sinatra said autumn in New York. I'm talking winter in New York right now. I got all my friends, including Terrell and Chris Basile, and we're going to be doing a few more New York guests before the holiday season is over. But Terrell, I thank you for coming up here and um, being my designated driver tonight. 
Of course, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I won't tell him that you were smoking in the back, all right? Oh. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, but, but yeah, man, uh, December 17th should be tomorrow. If you're listening to this when the episode drops, we're looking forward to, to seeing you. And if you can't make the show out there at Rams Pub in Holbrook, Reeking Aura is going to have all of our merch up there for a little bit of a holiday discount um, after the December 17th show whenever uh, Rick gets it up there. Shout out to Rick doing all the mail order out there. And... Um, uh, afterbirth gear, afterbirth uh, winter hats. Uh, keep yourself um, nice and warm for the winter, man. With the afterbirth hat, check us out on Bandcamp, man. All the merch, all the merch money goes right into the gas tank and to support the bands when we go out on the road or when we're trying to work on a project for everybody. Just like the Patreon money for this podcast uh, only goes into things that enrich the quality of the production of the podcast for you guys, man. So Terrell, you've enriched the quality of this podcast this evening uh, yourself, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate it too, man. Stay sick, y'all. Yeah. Oh, wait, not too sick. Everybody's getting sick. Stay filthy. Oh, wait, that doesn't sound great either. Be good, y'all. <laughs> hey, pick one. Pick one.